You are all of you beneath me. This is Player. Hello and welcome to Versus Player, the podcast that's about games, life, and everything in between. I'm Joe. I'm Jono. And Jono, it's usually you on this side of things, but <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I'm taking over today and there's a reason for that. And I've already started with a lie because I did say that this is the podcast about games, life, and everything in between. But we're going to be doing a few podcasts um, and starting with this one about Marvel and MCU in particular, life and everything in between is going to come into it as well, I'm sure. Um, we've, we've been um, big Marvel fans for a very long time, Jono. You, ha- you are the biggest Marvel fan that I know. <laughs> Your love of Marvel is like my love of Star Wars. Um, I don't mm. know anybody who knows as much about the Marvel um, universe as you, comics, TV shows, video games. This has been um, a lifelong love affair for you. Yeah. I, I, let's see. I, I think my love of the Marvel universe really started back in early high school for me. So that's the... Um, the late late eighties, um, yeah. And, and look, I'm a big Marvel fan. I'm sure there's people out there that can outdo me in knowledge, but um, I, I I think I know a bit. Yeah, and you know what? Outdo you in knowledge, but not in not in passion as well. Like it's equal, <laughs> right? Like that's what it, that's what it's got to be. Totally. Um, for me, I think growing up. I was always a big Star Wars fan, like I said. Yeah. Spider-Man was my go-to kind of my avenue into the MCU. Um, not MCU, but in the Marvel kind of universe as a whole. Yeah. Just I've always loved the character. I think one of the things that we've kind of shared a passion with, as we've, you know, obvious with the podcast, has been the games as well. I yeah. remember playing a lot of the games growing up, even way back on the Game Boy and whatnot. Yeah. My... Um, my start with comics with Marvel kind of came probably in the in the 90s. Um, yep. You know, before that, uh, my dad was a big uh, Phantom comic fan. That's where my kind of avenue into comics started. And then, yeah, went cool. through, through, through Star Wars comics. And now I've got quite a collection of Marvel comics, not yeah. as impressive as you, but <laughs> I, um, whatnot. But, um, yeah, so today we thought we, because it's topical, we're going to go talk about Loki, which has just finished its latest episode uh, earlier on in the week, it was Wednesday. Yeah. Um, for for the yeah for the final episode, let's just start, Jono. What did you think of the series? I I was blown away by Loki because, and I want to talk about this a bit more later. But there was clearly a lot being set up for Phase Four through both WandaVision and Loki, yep. and I think Loki really nailed it. I think WandaVision was fantastic, and it was. It was really sort of finishing a journey for those characters and then setting them up for the future. Uh, and while Loki was doing that too, it was setting up a lot of set pieces for the future. And I can't wait to really sort of dive deep and, and play with that. But there are also a lot of Easter eggs for the Marvel Universe, uh, or at least the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a larger whole. And a lot of Easter eggs actually point back to the, the traditional comics. So, um, yeah, the series was every time i thought that it was it was slowing down a little bit it would suddenly then flip it the next episode and you know have you second guessing what's coming next so i really loved it it was really interesting you you spoke about um the other there, there was two other big tv shows that have come out from disney um yeah. recently so wonder vision and falcon and the winter soldier is that what yep. it was called correct yep, yes that was cool. yep. um and like with WandaVision, i remember when that finished there was this idea of oh it's opened up this i like this kind of yeah there's an alternate reality kind of going on and watching mm. it it got me very excited thinking about um 
the possibility of you know an into the spider verse sorts of scenario um, yeah. and then it kind of you know the way it ended and i guess we spoilers here for these shows we're not going to be spoiling um you know well, we are going to be spoiling them, of course, but um, <laughs> not, not. I know you just were speaking. We're speaking about before about Black Widow is the other big thing coming out. We'll leave that off the table today. Cool. Um, but yeah, like at the very end of um, WandaVision, that scene where she was kind of talking through the book, like communicating. What was that, Jono? What was going on there? Um, she she was using the Darkhold to access magic, which it's interesting because magic up until now in the MCU had always been portrayed as technology we just didn't understand so it appeared as magic to us but this is going towards traditional sort of the traditional take on magic especially for the the comic based marvel universe so the dark hold has actually had appearances in the past in agents of shield it actually played um a big part during I, i can't remember what season it was i think it was like season five or six um and ghost rider appeared in that as well which was really cool uh but this seems to have superseded it, and that makes sense because let's let's be honest. Agents of Shield had some very loose ties to the MCU, which yep. was slowly sort of uh, withered away. So it's it's not considered canon per se. I, I know Disney definitely doesn't consider that, um, even though it does have some definite ties into the MCU. But yeah, the Darkhold is a, a big deal. It's um, Wanda accessing some magic that has traditionally been on the. Uh, bad guys side of things so what this means who knows but does that is that magic like you know parallel universe sorts of magic or is is my understanding of it off um no the the dark hole traditionally was uh dark magic okay and um but i'm glad you brought up parallel universe universes because marvel's always been big on its multiverse yes which is something we've also heard a lot from the DC side of things recently with that Flash movie that's, who knows when it's due, but um, I know DC is trying to set up a whole multiverse yeah. and they've actually done it in their TV series in Crisis on Infinite Earths. But being a big Marvel fan, the MCU didn't look like it was really talking about alternate realities all that much. And I think we're starting to see the setup for for that in the MCU in phase four, which has some massive implications that I really want to talk about. Um, but let's get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Cause look, I just get to, I'll just say one last thing with that WandaVision ending. When, when you heard the kids voices um, when she, in, in a kind of end credit scene, yeah. I thought that's what it was. I thought she was kind of tapping into another reality, but going to Loki now, this whole, um, the time, what were they called, Jono? The Time uh, Variance Authority. Was it the Time Variance Authority? Yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds yeah. like to me. Um, <laughs> now I'm drawing was, a blank. <laughs> but there was no question there. So there's, they're, they're opening up possibilities that are huge for the future of Marvel movies um, yeah. and TV shows. And even to the point where we've got this series coming out, um, Marvel What If, which yes. is a – which I'm really – really excited about um i spoke about on versus play podcast a while ago i read through the star wars um oh, what are they called the the, the star wars what if version infinites thank you Jono. Yeah. and it's kind of like now these what if movie um tv show it could al- almost be considered canon because it might be taking place in a version another earth essentially yeah. um, I, I think it's really cool um so yeah do you want to explain 
what 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 it was all about in Loki for those of us like myself who I'm not super familiar with the character besides the movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what was kind of like is this is this a story from the comics? I was way off with my guess about where who the big bad was going to be at the end. We'll get to that later. Yeah, um, cool. But yeah. So how does it tie in with kind of what's come before and what's different? And I'm sure there's lots of Easter eggs you're going to talk about throughout it as well. Oh, tons. Um, I'm glad you mentioned What If, because What If in the comics was originally um, an anthology series that would just pop up every so often and take a moment that happened in the Marvel Universe and twist it on its head. So, for instance, I picked up an issue from the early 80s just recently that was yep. What If Captain America Became President of the United States. Yep. See, really- I... I- I've got a bunch of those, but it's strange tales comics. I love them. They're yeah. like bonkers. They're just way out there. Um, and all the, um, there's like the Deadpool um, it takes on the Marvel universe or attacks the Marvel universe. I think. Yeah. I've got that it kills theory. the Marvel universe. Yeah. Yeah. It kills it. That's the one. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and there's the, yeah, the what if I've got those, there's these ones where it's like, um, what if Stan Lee wrote these different characters and there's even DC kind of versions of Stan Lee taking on their characters. I've got all of those. I love, I, yeah. I'm a huge fan of that because um, in, in a lot of ways, I think the reason that appeals to me as well is I don't need all the, you know, thousands of, you know, backstory comics to have a full understanding of it. I can go into it and get a, you know, feel a bit better about, I, I, I know what's going on. Because yeah. It, it just kind of anyway back to loki so tell us about yeah what was kind of going on and how it links to the comics okay so um we for for those of us that have seen endgame and i'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast you probably have uh, in endgame we see when the avengers go back in time to the battle of new york yep. loki there gets his hands on the tesseract and is able to pull himself out and hilarious because, scene hilarious. exactly so and good. And again, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening to it because you've watched Loki and you want to talk about some more. So yep. you see where that happened. Um, that Loki ends up getting nabbed by the Time Variance Authority and told that he's screwed up the timeline and there's a sacred timeline and that, you know, he's going to get erased. What, what I loved there right from the get-go was how powerful they are. Like Because we know Loki as this one character taking on like the Avengers and what he did, like yeah. his brain, his his smarts kind of allowed that movie to take place. And that was kind of this, this world earth kind of big threat. And he gets yeah. there and he's just kind of neutered straight away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, like, it's interesting that he's neutered, but then as the series progresses, his power levels start to jump to what we understand him to have in the comics, yep. um, which is, which is much more. So again, that whole idea of magic, that seemed to be really muted in the first three phases of the Marvel universe is again being opened up now. I think it was so smart as well though, because they didn't fall into the trap of this Loki being the Loki that we saw at the end, you know, of his life in the um, Avengers Endgame, where, where Thanos kind of, you know, he's had a lot more experience up until that point so i thought that was all i think they did a really good job of kind of bringing him back but he was still a powerful character but you know he's not the loki that had all that other experience and became yeah. you know, good in, in a certain you know to a certain extent no exactly but it, but even then like that the the loki that was killed in infinity war um despite all his experience that he had and then the one that we're now currently dealing with having missed out on almost like 10 years of yep. um of learning in history has still 
like 10 years, when you think about it, most Asgardians live thousands of years, if not more. So 10 years is a pretty short period of time. He just had a lot of growth happen in that period as, you know, he, he pretended to die at numerous times. But what I really liked at the end of Loki is we, the, the TV series, we've seen him gain powers, the ability to use magic thanks to Sylvie um, in a way that he wasn't using in the first three phases. So um, I, I think the big thing to take away from this, you you asked me a question a little bit earlier about how does this tie into comic storylines? Yep. Um, they've, the MCU has been really clever and all the directors and the writers and, and Kevin Feige's uh, plans behind it all has been really smart because they've they've really sort of cherry picked the comic storylines and twisted them to make their own story, which I think is way smarter than just taking a storyline and just repeating it uh, yep. on the big screen. So let's talk about um, the Timekeepers because this was a big one. Yep, they were the big bad f- from what seemed like the start of the series until midway through. So if you're still listening in at this point and you're expecting no spoilers, well, here's your chance to no, get out happening. because it's happening. it's happening big time. So the Timekeepers in the comics, um, if I was to recommend any comics to read about the Timekeepers, it's a series called Avengers Forever. It was a 12-issue series, and it was all about how the Timekeepers had planned to erase the Avengers because if they didn't, humanity would become too big for its britches and affect all the time. So the Timekeepers were an actual um, – the, the three statues that we keep on seeing, yeah. they were actual beings and they existed. And they also had under their control a gentleman by the name of Immortus. Now, Immortus was tasked by them to get rid of the Avengers and he would then have command of – I think it was like 40 centuries worth of, of history would be his to control. So one person was tasked to take on all of the Avengers? Yeah. So this is like an incredibly powerful person or being or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you've never heard the name Mortis before, he's actually a future version of a character we just got introduced to in uh, Loki, who, who, was, who was not named by his name in the series, but was hinted at. Okay. See, this is, what I, this is why I love having this conversation with you, Jono. <laughs> so lay it on me. Who was it? So um, he who remains is otherwise known as Kang the Conqueror. Oh, there you go. And Kang the Conqueror's future self is Immortus. And he's going to be in the, isn't he the bad, bad guy in one of the upcoming movies? Yeah, supposedly? so Kang the, Kang the Conqueror has already been uh, Jonathan Majors, I think yes. was the name of the actor, yeah. Um, great name. Has, um, has already been tasked, uh, has already been hired for um, Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, yeah. mania. Oh, so that so, guy at the end is going to be in that movie as well. I didn't know it was the same guy. There you go. That's awesome. Same guy. Yeah. That's so, so he's cool. he's listed as Kang the Conqueror in Ant Man, but as we saw him in Loki, he was named He Who Remains, which could have been, in some respects, Immortus. Um, well, to hey, some degree. You, can I ask just just talking about the actor there? Are you yeah. familiar with this guy at all? Like, have you seen him in anything else? I've never seen his work before. He was amazing. I've got to say, like, it's. I often find it's very, you know, you got this big season kind of finale coming up, and there's always this expectation that it's going to be a familiar face, that the big yeah. bad is going to be someone in your, you know. I actually thought because I've read, I don't know which what the name of the comic was, you might, Jono, but I've read a Star, a Star Wars, a Marvel comic, Once Upon a Time, which might have been one of those what if stories, but it was about yeah. at the end of time there was Thanos. 
and yep. his kind of herald was Ghost Rider. Yeah, I read that <laughs> recently as well. It was amazing, and that's it like actually so canon. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to have Ghost Rider at the end of this. Like, this is going to be awesome. Um, and then there's this guy who I'm not familiar with. Like I said, I've got lots of familiarity with Marvel, yeah. but not that I don't know it that well. And again, an, an actor I'm not familiar with, and yeah. he comes on and he just he was amazing. Like he was so oh. good. He was so just and and the way he flipped that switch from the point where he could see what was happening to what was coming and yeah. just his mannerisms changed. It was awesome. And, and I thought it was um, like, he was yeah spot on as a, yeah. you know, and again for Loki, I love the idea of a bad guy. That's kind of like a, very it's cerebral. Not a, it's, but it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not a fight. It's, it's not a fight with your fists. It's a fight yeah. with your mind. Um, yeah. It's really cool. Well, I think that's what's really interesting about this portrayal of, uh, let's just call him Kang the Conqueror. Cause yep. It seems to be the way we're going to see him. He who remains dead, but he was spending all his time keeping one timeline existing so that his alternate versions didn't end up becoming these conquerors. Yeah. And there's precedent for it in the the comics as well. There was a whole council of Kangs, kind of like the – in in fact, I think Rick and Morty rip it off with the Council of Ricks. (laughs) I think it's actually intentional. Yeah. and Kang has actually gone about in the comics and killed off all the other Kangs and become the prime Kang again. So, um, yeah, really interesting. And the fact that he's being set up potentially as the major villain throughout this entire um, set is really cool. But I think there's something else that has become glaringly obvious, and I'm just trying to think if I missed any other major points. I mean, before I jump into what I think the multiverse and Kang means to the rest of the MCU because I think it's going to be really cool if it's going the way I think it is. Um, I want to talk about some of the Easter eggs. Is that all right? Before you do, though, just just that ending there, sorry. So with Sylvie, what she's done yep. about like all these branching paths and everything, Yep. Um, it, it, it's not like this. And, and, then that, and then that big reveal at the end, like I, I was... I was hoping, honestly, I'll be honest, I was hoping that they would say there's going to be a season two or something because I just love the show so yeah. much. Um, do you do you feel that they... they, they I, I, well, I'd anyway, I kind of feel like if they're going to have all these other things before season two comes out, they've got to answer some questions in the movies. But do you feel that the, the Loki season two might be, you know, underway before the end of Marvel phase four? It's got to happen soon right like they can't leave yeah. us on that cliffhanger for however many years until we get to the everything through get, get through all the other movies and tv shows i'm really curious as to whether um season two comes up after ant-man where we get introduced to kang as a conqueror yep and whether the quantum realm has more to do with time because it's already been used to travel through time in endgame so does it have more to do with time and the multiverse than we realize? Like, was was the TVA actually located in the quantum realm? Yeah, it's just it just opens up so many questions. Yeah, so many questions. And, yeah, uh, like in it, I kind of feel like more than one division. And I guess Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the big kind of takeaway was the the new Captain America at the end. Yeah, but this is kind of this is world threatening. This could have been a movie. I, I, this was like yeah. any any there were there's been a few Avengers movies that have not quite a lot actually that haven't had stakes this big. Um, anyway, sorry, yeah, let's 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 go on with some of the Easter eggs. So, um, tell me, Jono, 
That was what, what's the name of the frog in the jar? Start with that one. For uh, me. Uh, throg. Thraw? Throg. Yeah, th- throg or, or yeah. Um, he so actually, if you you freeze the frame in Loki and watch it, the jar was labelled um, T three, I think six five. I could be getting the number wrong. It's three something. Yep. Um, it was actually the the issue number of the issue that okay. Loki turned Thor into a frog. And I um, believe Chris Hemsworth actually did the little noises. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, cool. that's something that I've read. I, I, I think that's so cool. Um, and, and what were some of the other big standouts for you? Well, the rumour for Throg was that he was actually going to have a bigger part earlier in, but they thought it would steal the scene too much. Um, well, the alligator or crocodile, alligator or crocodile, whatever it was, yeah. that was hilarious. Crocodile was so cool. was hilarious. And I, I, don't, I don't know where that came from, but they obviously have fun with it. Um, I loved Richard E. Grant as classic oh, amazing. Loki. Amazing. He was just brilliant and, and really eye-opening in terms of magic and like what he could do. And they gave um, him such a heroic scene, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Like a, a huge kind of you know moment. Um, and I think that was that was one of the, my favorite moments of the whole series. Yeah, but that that whole wasteland at the end of the t- end of time actually set us up for who the bad guy at the end of the series was going to be. There were actually hints laid all the way through it. Um, So, for instance, it was an Avengers Tower, but it had on the side of it, uh, um, it was spelled Q-E-N-G instead of Stark written on the side. I can't remember how to pronounce it. I I think you pronounce it uh, Quang. Okay. So that was a throw. Yeah, like Kang. Yep. Um, If you haven't already picked that one up, it's (laughs) it's – Actually, a throwback to a recent issue of the Avengers, the all-new, all-different Avengers, which were released, I think, back in 2015. And um, Tony Stark had to sell Avengers Tower because he couldn't afford it at the time. He was bankrupt. Wow. And it was bought by Quang Industries, which turned out to be a front for Kang. Okay. So <laughs> that was our first hint. And there um, was a few other cool Easter eggs in the wasteland. There was a giant shield. I thought it was Captain America's shield when I was watching. I'm like, I don't understand this. But no, it wasn't. Or was it a shield, or was it the side of the helicarrier? I think is what it was. Oh, so there was a a big thing that looked like a UFO that could have been mistaken yes. for a shield, and there was part of a helicarrier. If you look closely enough, had a massive Hydra symbol on the the top really? of it. So yeah, it's in red. Um, if you look really carefully, and that could have been hinting towards maybe an alternate timeline where the you know those three helicarriers in the yep. Winter Soldier. Um, if they actually did their deed and were rebranded Hydra. Cool. Um, we saw the Red Skull's plane that he used in First Avenger, the one with the, the rotating uh, rocket engines that then changed. That was in awesome. the wasteland. We also saw um, the Thanos helicopter was hilarious. Was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. And I saw James, James Gunn. I think he put a tweet up a few years ago saying, I yeah. can't wait for the Thanos helicopter to become canon. And that probably was just an absolute, here you go. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was totally that. Um, if you look it up, it was, a, I think, a, a Marvel team-up issue with Spider-Man fighting Thanos. And the cover has Thanos in that helicopter. It's <laughs> It's the most stupid thing you've ever, you'll ever see. There was one that stood out to me, which was awesome. I read about it after. I, I saw it, and I'm thinking, I think that's what it is. It was the helmet from the first Ant-Man movie. Yeah. And what's that guy's name? Leather jacket. Yellow jacket. As I say, leather jacket. Yellow yeah. jacket. Um, and, and the idea that he got the kind of gigantic serum, I guess, is, um, yeah. is a really cool kind of twist on what happened in that hilarious fight at the end yeah. of Ant-Man with the 
little train set. Um, yeah, exactly. That was really cool. What um, else was there? There was also an, another big cosmic uh, hint, and it was the severed head of a statue that had its eyes covered by, like, um, a cloth over the top of it. And it's actually three heads. If you look carefully, you can see two of the, the faces on that head. Um, it's the Living Tribunal, who's a really big deal as far as cosmic Marvel goes. Is that um, like is that like an Eternals thing or something or like is that um, that? bigger? Yeah, celestial size. Uh, like okay. he's an abstract entity of the universe. So mortal people don't generally see him. He interacts with people like um, Death and yep. also uh, Eternity, who's the living embodiment of the universe. Cool. So and there was um, um, there was like and there was Vote Loki. That was a funny one. Yeah, that was a reference to a comic where Loki tried to run for president and almost won on the platform of the fact that he would lie to you and everyone thought that was refreshing. Um, <laughs> it, it turns out he didn't actually want to win. He just did it as a bet for somebody else. Okay, that was cool. So that was a recent comic. So, yeah, there was, there was so many little references like that. But um, shall we shall we talk about the what I think is the biggest deal that came out of Loki? Please. Okay. So we saw at the end um, around he who remains, or let's just call him Kang again, uh, his citadel, that you could see all of time in a loop around his citadel. It yep. seemed to be at the end of time. And it all started to branch. Yep. Now, in, in the Marvel Universe for years, and actually only recently did they destroy all the timelines, I need to rebuild them again. Uh, and that was that series, Secret Wars. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is the MCU opening up to the idea of multiple timelines. So having parallel universes or a multiverse of universes ties into that whole thing we were talking about with What If uh, and the introduction of the character, the Watcher, who we saw, we've seen the Watcher before actually in the MCU. Uh, Stan Lee was talking to a whole the heap one of on the yeah, As they were jumping through um, what were like whatever they call the hyperspace in Guardians, correct? Yeah, that was correct. Yep. Yeah. That was so, awesome. um, so the Watcher has actually been the host of all those What If comics. He usually is yep. looking at an alternate timeline where something went differently. And so that's what that animated series is all about. But I think we're looking at the MCU getting the, the ability that we'll always look at one main timeline. But if you ever want a branching story, you can always jump into an alternate timeline and take a look at that. And and like this opens up possibilities for like Deadpool being part of the MCU, like in some way, X-Men as well, yeah. correct? Like it doesn't like what 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 they have Earth or is that a DC thing? Earth with a certain number after it. Both do that. So DC okay. and Marvel do it. Um, in the comics, the Marvel Universe, uh, the main timeline in the Marvel for the Marvel Universe in the comics is Earth. Uh, sorry, is um, the timeline six one six. Okay. So if you so, ever hear six one six referenced in Marvel, it's talking about the main comic timeline. But so this allows as well for like they can reboot and, and, and hope they don't do it again but they can reboot spider-man if they wanted to on a different earth if sony wanted to go that way like that the venom can kind of exist be part of the mcu i guess but not part of the mcu but it's just a different kind of alternate reality but the big thing Jono, and please tell me that this is a possibility so there is a chance that the rumors about toby Maguire coming back as spider-man as part of a toby Maguire spider-man movie that could happen with, yeah. with what's going on here yeah, that would be I, the best. I think it's interesting because Marvel and DC seem to be going down the same route, but Marvel's got to it first again, yep. which is which is really cool. But um, 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's interesting that we could be seeing the possibility for movies that are set outside the main MCU timeline if they wanted to. But realistically, I'm actually thinking, because they know how important the MCU is to all the fans that have jumped on. And for, for me, this is where I'm going to take a quick aside. I started with the Avengers because it was the cheapest way for me to get a whole heap of superheroes in one comic book at one time. Yeah. And I never thought I would see them on the big screen. And now I've just seen 10 years of MC or after 12 years, you know, of yep. the, the MCU, which is just, it blows my mind that I'm actually getting to see all the stuff that I love. And, and qu- in a quality t- in a TV show that is like in terms of quality is up there with, with the, any, every, the, the best things you've ever seen on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think there's something else important about this that I haven't seen many people talk about yet. And that's that with a multiverse opening up, it's a possibility for them to reboot characters that have been killed off and bring them back with different actors if they need to. Yeah. So if in the start of phase five, you know, the our timeline is at threat and you need an Iron Man or a Captain America to come back, yep. then you can bring a completely different actor and bring them in and still validly have a new Captain America or a new Iron Man. If you need to change an actor, then you can have it explained away by an alternate reality version of them making their home in the in what is known as our reality. So it could be really interesting. Which is essentially what they did with not not essentially, but in a lot of ways there's a lot of similarities with what they did with Captain Marvel, where they kind of took her out of the picture because she's so powerful, they made her go out in space very far away and helping, you know, yeah. other kind of you, you could have the same thing, like because it, we, we've said this before, it doesn't make sense in some of these movies why the other superheroes aren't getting involved and in helping them out. Yeah. But you, if you're saying that, you know, if they're saying that there's, there's you know, other universes that they've got to help out with at times, then there yeah. is, there can be a reason for it. I've got to say though, Jono, I know, and we're not, you know, going into it now, but the, like in terms of phase four and what's coming in the future, yeah. one of the movies on the list is Blade. Now I can't see Blade. How you, I, I can't see how you can do Blade in the MCU at all, unless it is an alternate Earth. Because if you start telling us that there's vampires that have lived on Earth, why all of this has been going on and nobody's known about it or done anything about it, um, I, I just think it's I think it's going to become too silly. Like the idea that you know Spider-Man will be fighting vampires and things. I think that's the only way in my eyes that that can kind of make sense. But we'll see what happens. I think I could still roll it in and find ways to do it. Um, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. It, it does seem to be opening up. And I think it was a smart move because if you, if you went with the Marvel Universe cinematically as the way they have been in the comics straight away, like introducing magic as we're now starting to see it happen and having you know all the occult happening in the background, and which would have occurred to a lot of the characters that we've already been introduced to, um, introducing them early would have been too much for for the audiences that haven't yeah. grown up on Marvel. Yeah. So I th- I think now this gives them the ability to tell different stories, and I think smart writers can find ways to say why that wasn't discovered. You know, I mean, you look yeah. at what the Avengers were dealing with; they had enough going on in their own lives as it was to they could quite easily just miss out on vampires out there on the street because they, you know, the vampires are trying to lay low. There's enough villains out there that obliterate them if they made themselves too well known. 
You're so right, though. It's really it, it has been a very smart journey from where we started with um, Iron Man as the beginning of the MCU, correct? Yeah. Um, yep. To where we are now, um, like you know, the idea of jumping the shark in shows and movies and kind yeah. of as things go on, like this is it's a very different world. Like Iron Man from that initial movie would have no hope dealing with anything that's kind of going on in the kind of later kind of series yeah. of things, even in, in the last kind of, you know, couple of TV shows, the, even in the Captain America and Winter Soldier, like the, the, the threat in that was kind of low key. But it was, and it, and it wasn't, like that's because all the threats that have kind of have been built up to such a degree, but that was more like a phase one sort of threat. Where this in in Loki, what we just saw, I I, I really think they could have made an incredible movie with it. I'm glad they didn't because yeah. they really got to build it up, and um, more so than the other two shows that have just come out. I really loved every episode of this. I think the pacing yep. was excellent. Yep. I think even when there was kind of slow moments, like that episode on the planets where, yeah. um, you know, the kind of meteorites were coming, they were very chill about it. Like, I, I yeah. thought that was hilarious. They're just walking around and I'm like, okay, well, maybe they just know where they're going to land or something. But I'd be kind of freaking out thinking yeah. at any moment something <laughs> could land on my head. Um, but, like, even that episode had a really cool backdrop. And, like, in the, in the slow moments, you could see, I'm like, I think they're, there's going to be a romance between these two characters. They're going to do yeah. this. It's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it, 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 and that, that comment about the narcissistic kind of, yeah. oh, was brilliant. that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And the way did like the, the pacing, I mean, the pacing was really, yeah. really well done. And that um, the threat that you thought, of the kind of the council, whatever, what were the council called? Again, the the time variance authority. Yes, the CBA, uh, but, but the three kind of big people at the oh, end. the timekeepers. The timekeepers. That turned yeah. out to be robots. But that when as soon as that was kind of revealed, I didn't feel like it was cheap. I'm like, there's something else. Like I can, yeah. I can obviously some, something else is pulling the strings, and it it just it made me even more intrigued, and I wanted to see where it went next. And you know, I, and this is the first of the shows that I've watched with the whole family. Um, yep. So, so my daughters, you know, five, seven, and then my son, um, ten. He loved it. He couldn't wait. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it was a good show for them too. There wasn't, I didn't really feel that was, you know, inappropriate kind of anything. For a big stakes storyline, it was very accessible, but I think that's, that's what the the Marvel, uh, the MCU has done really well. If you look at it, there's something there for everyone. So while I know you didn't connect with WandaVision. Well, I didn't connect with the beginning of WandaVision. The end I really enjoyed, but yeah, I, I, I didn't like the beginning, but anyway, yeah. Well, I know lots of people that love the beginning because of the nostalgia yes. with retro um, sitcoms, and yeah. that brought them in to enjoy a story in a way that they probably normally wouldn't. Yeah. And then, if you look at uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was like it was a buddy thriller. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was like so, a, yeah, old cop show sort of thing. Exactly. So, like, I, I think they're catering to a lot of different audiences, and this has been their strength. Um, so, while I've loved it all the way across the board. Almost everybody that I know around me has had a distinct favourite out of out of the three, and I think that's really strong and really smart because it means yeah. that you can keep on creating content. And even if your interests are just that style of movie, whether it's a vampire thriller coming up in the future or yeah. a real superhero romp or something that's all about alternate realities or magic or whatever, you'll find something that you like, and you don't have to know 
everything that ties in to have a good story. But for those of us that love all the interconnectivity, it's so rich and so well written. So it's, yeah, it's good. And, and that was beautifully said, Jono. And I don't think it would be fair to kind of continue the conversation any, any further because <laughs> we're going we're gonna to end on that lovely note. Um, thank you very much, Jono. I learned a lot. Thank you. Um, we're going to have a go at doing some more of these in the future. We're going to start with, um, we might do a phase one one at some stage soon. Yeah, definitely. Because we, we, we want to kind of make our way through. But thank you for listening. Um, you could find us on all the usual places. Please give us a comment if you can. Give us a like. Um, give us a review on um, Apple. I, what is it called now, Jono? Not Apple. Uh, Apple Podcast. Podcasts. It yeah, is called Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Okay, yeah. yeah, or Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, that'll mean yeah. a lot to us. Uh, but thank you for listening and we'll see you in the future. Bye. Indeed we shall. Or maybe an alternate timeline. <laughs> <laughs> this is Player.